Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Margo Thomas, the founder of the Thomas Law Office PLC. Margo, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great and really happy, excited to be here. Awesome. I'm glad we're able to get you on the show as well. And you have a three attorney firm now that you run and would love for you to take us back to that moment where you decided, you know what, I want to go ahead and start a law firm. What were some of the reasons why you decided to do that? Because I did not have a book of business, but um, I knew it was something I always wanted to do. Even when I was a young associate, you know, I was kind of at the firm, like people were trying to sell me on the whole partnership and corner office. And I don't know, that just never appealed to me as my definition of success. And I kind of felt like there was something else out there. And, you know, I took a leap of faith and started this and felt like, you know, I'm kind of of the burn the boat philosophy kind of person. Like, if I put myself in the situation where I have to, you know, develop some business and keep this business afloat, it will come together. And thankfully it did. And now we're seven years in. So awesome. Congratulations. You mentioned the corner office and the partnership track wasn't really your definition of success. So what does success mean to you? I think it's the motto of your podcast, basically. Spend more time with my family, um, explore my interests. I'm really into uh, gardening and swimming. So spending more time doing those things, you know, watching my my kids grow up. And uh, I love the business, but I I don't want it to be all-encompassing where I'm sleeping at my office and have a lot of health issues due to stress of, you know, clients and things like that. Love that. Obviously, it really resonates with me as well as the uh, attorney entrepreneurs that are listening. And tell us a little bit about your law firm, your practice areas, and where you practice. So we practice in Maryland, D.C. and Virginia. My practice is specifically, I call it business divorces. It's mainly people who are in business together who now want to get out of business together, normally because they don't get along anymore. There's some communication issues, very similar to a real divorce, but you know, they have to separate their business assets in order for them to go their separate ways. We have a lot of family members, brothers and sisters and cousins and very good friends that are going through that. They're usually small family-owned businesses. So that is the majority of my practice these days is counseling people about how to separate what they've built. It really appeals to me because I'm a small business owner myself and I understand, you know, what it takes to, um, put everything that you have into an idea that you want to grow. So I can relate to what they're going through in that aspect and, you know, try to help them preserve that and give them a pep talk about doing this, you know, without that business partner, that was their kind of, you know, safety net and uh, help them get to the next step without their partner. You know, what I really love about how you started your, your firm is that you started without a book of business. Most attorneys that I know, have you know have built up a robust book of business and then they decide to launch on their own but you did it without having a robust book of business so congratulations marco that is incredibly courageous and for you to have gone through that over the past 7 years built your book of business found you know your niche is just awesome and you your practice continues to grow would love to hear about you know how you went from not really having much business at all when you started your firm to now this niche of business divorces how did you end up finding that niche? 
Well, I did a lot of business divorces when I was in big law. I mean, that was the primary area of my practice. So I represent the same kind of clientele, kind of on a smaller scale. Then we were dealing with multi-corporations, publicly held companies, like bigger businesses. And now I'm dealing with family-owned businesses and smaller LLCs. So that was always something that I was, you know, in that field. But, you know, for me, I found it very difficult being an associate at a firm and balancing business development and billable hours. I didn't think that there was a balance. I think that there was so weighted on billing hours for other people's cases that there was very few time, that there was very little time to go out and meet people and figure out how to develop a book of business. And I've heard other people on your podcast talk about how that's such an important element. And I agree. I just never found a way to get my hours in and do that and have a life. Like, I just didn't think there were enough hours in the day to do that. And so I dedicated all my time to billing so that, you know, I could say I checked that box. And when it came time and I wanted to leave, you know, I think I was at a disadvantage because of that. I didn't have a book of business. And there are a lot of people who were saying to me, you're crazy because you don't have any clients. So how are you going to make any money? You know, I just felt like if I didn't have those billable hours requirements and I had to make a living on this and I put myself in the situation to sink or swim, I would swim wise decision. And it seems to you bet on yourself and it was a good bet. Those early days when you started your firm and you did not have a book of business, how did you start to build your book? I asked everybody that I knew, like, what do I do to build a book of business? Like, what is your key to success and getting clients in the door? Because I didn't have a, I didn't have a lot of connections. I'm not from this area. So my family isn't here. I mean, I went to law school here, but DC is very transient. So a lot of the people I went to law school with had moved. So somebody was just like, tell absolutely everybody that you've ever met what you do. That's the first step. Like pick up the call phone and call or meet with absolutely everybody in your Rolodex or virtual Rolodex at this point and just tell them you started a firm. This is what you do. and You're looking for clients. And I think that was the best advice. I mean, it's so simplistic, but that's what I did. I went on every lunch, every phone call, every person, people I didn't even barely knew. But, you know, somehow I got their phone number, just touched base with them and said, look, I started a firm. I need some clients. <laughs> That's what I do. If you know anybody, let me know. And, you know, it didn't happen immediately, but I was surprised, you know, like a couple months in, the phone started to ring and people were like, you know, I have something for you or could you help with this? And at that point, I was very desperate. So I was taking whatever people would send that had anything related to a business. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. Over the years, I've kind of scaled back on the breadth of cases that we take. But at that time, I had anything but time. I was like, you know, I'll figure it out. And I did. You know, I I love the story. It it, uh, resonates with me as well, um, because it, it mirrors in many ways how I started my coaching practice. There's a lot to be said for the, you know, the Cortez burn the boats kind of kind of approach where you're you're taking this big leap of faith and now you're all in and there's no going back and you have to make it work because I've found that you know I was in the same situation you were in that situation and making those calls and going to those meetings was probably not so comfortable for you and was probably a lot of work right it was i mean my personality type i'm not a in the disc profile the high i like the oprah talks to everybody loves to be at a networking event works a room like that does not describe my personality so i feel a lot of anxiety going to big rooms of people and trying to tell them what I do. So that, you know, really wasn't my, that's not my comfort zone. But, um, you know, being in smaller environments and making relationships with people ended up something, being something that I really liked. 
And I realized over the years that if I could just align myself with people who are very high eyes and are very well connected, that those people and just get to know them very well, that, you know, they're shaking trees and, you know, they have enough to fill my plate, you know, just being associated with people who are really great networkers. So that has really been my secret, so to speak, is just to find a few of those those people who are, you know, they believe in what I do and think that I'm competent and, you know, they've got work to give and follow those people around very closely. So <laughs> yeah. that has been my... Well, that, that's fantastic advice, Margo, especially, you know, and it resonates for me too. I'm I'm very introverted also, which is why I'm on this side of the microphone where I ask lots of questions and I get to listen. It's great. Um, but what I'm hearing is your your secret is work really hard, get out of your comfort zone, talk to everyone who you know and tell them about what you do and that you're looking to build your book of business. And then if you're not naturally extroverted and have lots of connections, or even if you do, associate yourself with people that have those connections that are in the in the right spaces where you want to be um and and you can build a book of business with those principles yes i mean that was really key to my first few years i met an attorney who only did transactional law he was really good at it he had a ton of clients had a really successful firm he was like but i don't want to do any lit- i don't even want to step into a courtroom and i was like you have met <laughs> The perfect person. All I want to do is go into the courtroom. And I was like, you know, this is my resume. This is all I've been doing. You know, so I have the credentials and he, he I didn't know him at all. I met him just sort of randomly at a BNI, I think. I was a guest at one day. And then that relationship grew and I got countless cases from just associating with him. And it was a great relationship. Fantastic. Yeah, I delivered a, a talk just yesterday about exactly this principle of you know building these long-term relationships that are going to build your book of business for years to come and you're again living proof that that's that that's what what people can do with that one of the questions i had for you as you're building your book of business um now you're involved in some uh minority organizations tell me a little bit about how the minority impact and you being a woman how all of that impacted building your firm and making those connections yeah, you know, I I have been very involved in the um, Old Dominion Bar Association, which is Virginia's oldest Black Bar Association, and the Northern Virginia Black Attorneys Association. Um, I'm on the board of the ODBA and have been very involved in Novaba over the years. And that was another tip that somebody gave me, like, just go to the Christmas parties. If you do nothing else, just join these organizations and go to the Christmas party. And I was like, all right. And I did that. And you know, I just met so many people who were minority attorneys who were looking to associate with other minority attorneys and help them build their book of business and mentorship. And there's just been so many opportunities that have come out of that. And, you know, I have definitely, you know, try to give back to those organizations because they've done so much for me. And, you know, I think that it is a difficult fight for you know, women attorneys and minority attorneys. And when I was in big law, there were there were no other black women doing what I did in my office whatsoever. So, you know, it's it's helpful to see other people who are coming up and trying to do business litigation that look like me and being able to extend a helping hand. It's also great for the people who are still, you know, mentoring and helping me, you know, advance in my career. Fantastic. What a great perspective on this. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. Thank you for that response. It was great. Back to your firm, you're scaling up your firm, you're working lots of hours, and at some point you decided you need to hire another attorney. Take us back to that moment where you were thinking through that. How did you make that decision and and what were the emotions you were dealing with as you started to think about that? 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting, that's a great question. It's an interesting transition because I have a business coach now and they talk a lot about, you know, capacity precedes growth and those type of principles. But at the time it was like really um, a shift. It's a huge shift in mindset because like we opened the firm because we're good lawyers, right? And then you have to do a lot less lawyering to bring in people and do a lot more managing and leadership and other things that, you know, you're not really taught or, you know, you don't really know that much about, especially me. I went straight from college to law school and then a firm. And then so I, I didn't have an MBA. <laughs> I had never taken a leadership course in my life. I had never managed people because at the firm, I mean, the only person I worked with were, you know, other co, you know, co-counsel type, you know, attorneys and my assistant, one person. So um, to hire another lawyer was a huge learning curve for me. I can tell you, I made a lot of mistakes in hiring and hired the wrong people and kept people way too long. And I've definitely um, learned a lot through that process. But for me, I think it was a a big, uh, a mind shift to understanding that in order to grow, I was going to have to do things other than lawyering. And I was going to have to spend a lot of time, you know, honing those skills in order to be successful in growing the firm. And you were right back there outside your comfort zone, right? <laughs> Learning a new skill, um, which I think is is the joy of business ownership. I, and by the way, I have an MBA. They didn't really teach me much about managing people. And they certainly didn't teach me much about how to run a small business. So um, school of hard knocks. And, and I'm so happy to hear that you have a business coach, you know, trusted advisors. Um, and then your peers are great sources of information, you know, for you attorney entrepreneurs that are looking for that. Margo, what was it that was driving you to hire one attorney and then a second and then a third? Because there are clearly lots of elements when you think about success. So what was it that that really motivated you to push through all of that? Well, for me, I think lawyers feel this, like there's a sense of chase, like you are pursuing a case or a client and then you get the client and then you do all this work on this case and it takes you away from the business development piece because now you're engulfed in the firm doing the work. And, you know, I just didn't want that feeling where a big case came in and I'm like, yes, we got it. And then I'm like, well, I can't go to look for the next one because now I've got to direct all this energy to, you know, it was kind of like a disappointment in a way, which was like a weird feeling to me. Like you're like excited that you've got this new work and you get to work with this great client. But then at the end of the day, you're like, and now I'm going to be here all weekend (laughs) working on these pleadings to get this out the door. You know, like it's like a catch 22 And I just wanted to be at a point where I got a new case and I was able to hand it off to somebody who I knew was going to do an excellent job and take care of the client and, you know, has the same core values as I do, the same attention to detail, the same desire to make sure that person feels heard and that there's somebody there to talk to and they don't feel like, you know, they got the case and the person disappeared. I mean, I just think there are some fundamental principles about being a purchaser of services that, you know, I wanted our clients to feel. and. I just knew I needed to get somebody who shared those same ideals and was able to deliver that so that I could focus more on which what I love to do, which is, you know, marketing and um, thinking about ways to grow and make the firm better. Awesome. And uh, attorney entrepreneurs, if you're listening and you're thinking about hiring your first attorney, the number one issue here when they're hiring the first person is most attorneys wait too long to make that first hire, whether it's know, a, a staff like a paralegal or an assistant, or whether it's their their first associate attorney that wait too long. And the challenge with that is, and they end up having to try and hire someone while they're super, super busy. And that makes it really hard to train that person. So if you want to avoid all of that, some other best practices, uh, check out my book, Staffing Up, 
And that's available on Amazon as well as on Audible. And it's a full-on guide to how attorneys can actually hire other attorneys as well as staff. So that might cut down a learning curve there a little bit. Margo, as we uh, think about the future, you said you really enjoy marketing and growing your firm. What are you excited about with your firm over the next year, year and a half or so? Just want to expand our reach in this region, hire some more attorneys, add some more depth to our transactional practice. Um, right now, a majority of our work is litigation, but I do want to help people that are you know, not in a litigation posture, but just trying to scale up their business more. And we need more capacity in that area. So we're always looking to hire. So if you know any attorneys or anybody listening, know some um, attorneys that are in the transactional space in the DMV, we'd certainly love to talk to them. So, you know, that's that's where I see our next year being focused. Fantastic. And Margo, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So I am on LinkedIn a lot. You will see my face. So if you type in Margot Thomas, you will uh, see a lot of the content that goes on there. Um, I can be reached via email at mthomas at thomaslawplc.com. And our website is thomaslawplc.com. Fantastic. Margot, thank you so much for being a guest on Lawyer Business Advantage today. Really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.